0: Hi guys, John Winry here, the stress coach, uh, coming to you with another uh, podcast. Um, this week's podcast uh, is isn't really about um, mental health per se, uh, and it certainly isn't about meditation or strategies for uh, dealing with mental health issues and, and experiences. Although there's there's a minor element of that involved in it too, but. Um, Basically, this week's podcast came about through um, me actually reading an article um, from uh, ROSPA, the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents. And the article talks about um, basically COVID-19, the virtual working experience and situation that we find ourselves in as a result of COVID-19 and their effects on work-based team, cohesion and uh, mental well-being. So as I say, the the article uh, was recently published on the uh, ROSPA website and it was shared via the Northern Ireland um, Safety Group, which if you're you're a a health and safety practitioner or a manager, you, you may well have access to either one of those two websites and you can certainly go and look the article up. The article was authored by a lady called uh, Lizzie Broadbent. Uh, Lizzie's the founder of Seen Heard, which is an organization that um, uses behavioral science to help companies deliver their strategic goals. Um, Lizzie herself is an occupational psychologist, gestalt therapist, a coach, and a corporate trainer. So, Basically, the, the, the article the, the article is primarily for managers and, and probably primarily directed at managers. But, I mean, it, it makes for an interesting read for anybody who's even a, an employee of an, of an organization. Um, so the article kind of suggests that while the pandemic has had a dramatic uh, change on our lives, e.g. the whole um, virtual working experience um, and, and working from home, um, and the possibility that this could well be the norm for the rest of 2021 um it it may have given work based teams uh, a more intimate knowledge of each other And to be fair I don't really agree with with that sort of premise. Um, It says that the the article kind of suggests that through access into people's homes uh, via Zoom and WebEx and and other sort of uh, virtual platforms that we have gained a more intimate knowledge of of our colleagues and, and our team members. We we've talked we talk about um their friends we see and we see into their living rooms we see into their kitchens or their studies um we have general conversations around family members um what the kids are currently doing um and from time to time you may get the impromptu visit from a household pet uh, a cat jumping onto the table or something like that there or if you're like me sometimes uh one of my dogs will appear on screen. So th- that kind of suggests that we, we have a more intimate knowledge, but to be fair, um, I don't really believe myself that that, um, that experience gives us an intimate knowledge of the, the people that we work with, a, a more intimate knowledge of the people that we work with that we didn't have when we were actually working in physical contact with them in the workplace. You may, you may disagree with me on that point, and, and that's fair enough. The article goes on to suggest that as a result of the virtual experience, we're uh, becoming void of significant communication um, skills that, that we normally rely on in day-to-day living. The, the ability to read body language, for example. Um, the, the ability to read body language for anybody who's maybe um, had a cursory look at psychology or, or body language itself uh, will know that um, your body language makes up a hell of a chunk of the, uh, the communication experience. So it does, we're reading people's facial expressions, we're looking at their body movements so we are, and we're, we're able to gain information as a result of being able to see people in their entirety. In the virtual experience, for the most part, we're only seeing them from the shoulders up. So we're losing a lot of expression, a lot of body language communication. So we're, we're also, because of the virtual experience, we're missing out on bumping into people in corridors, bumping into people at the coffee machine or in kitchens, or even just going to the loo. You know, um, so th- there's there's a lot of interaction that has been lost uh, as a result of having to work from home and communicating across uh, virtual platforms. So that in itself has resulted in us spending an awful lot of time sitting in meetings muted and potentially invisible. The, the article goes on to further suggest that um, this has had a ne- negative effect uh, on people who are predisposed to um, being introvert. And, you know, I, c- I can imagine that for people who um, are introvert and are kind of withdrawn, uh, this whole virtual experience is uh, is making them kind of feel maybe a little bit left out, maybe somewhat lonely. You know, introverts need um, social interaction to be able to experiment to a certain extent, you know, uh, to experiment with their communication, uh, to see what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable, you know, to, uh, to maybe actually draw them out of their shells as well. And to give them uh, a platform to express themselves. And, and that may well be taken away by the whole uh, virtual uh, communication experience. The article also suggests that, as a result of that um, that sort of isolation, that you know we we, we are we are becoming um, exposed to health, safety, and well-being implications that that may well be missed by colleagues and managers, particularly managers. As I say, that's what the article was primar- primarily aimed at. So it suggests that there's there's a a psychological paradigm that uh, would would indicate that intimacy of other team members equals trust and that trust equals uh, psychological safety of the team and, and its members. Teams that have psychological safety are more open with each other, more honest, can express themselves, are willing to express their concerns and to highlight uh, potential risks, and of course, learn from each other in terms of learning from each other's mistakes, or learning from each other in terms of uh, individual knowledge bases. And that may well be the the case in which you know that this these these experiences are being lost. The article suggests that uh, the virtual working situation uh, erodes psychological safety within teams. It erodes the trust among team members, and that may be something that managers may want to consider uh, in relation to their teams. Are your is your team being left uh, psychologically unsafe? Is there is there psychological risk factors starting to creep in? You know, we're talking about stress. There, so we are. You know, so we're talking about. Um, is is there social isolation? And this virtual, um, this virtual communication experience, actually creating stress in our teams, and in our staff. And you know, you can reflect on your own experience of this over the past year, but certainly, um, in in my experience, uh, I I would say I would say yes that that we these things are being eroded, and and. There, they are being detrimental. These experiences are detrimental to staff and to, uh, to the people in general. Just going back to the whole discussion uh, of body language, uh, the virtual working situation has removed managers and members uh, ability to experience other people's discomfort and to a certain extent, people's disagreement. With, with things that, that, that are being said in meetings or whatever the case may be. We no longer notice the uncomfortable shifting in chairs, the looks across the room, you know, at, at people who may share similar views. Body shifts that would indicate that people want to get out of the room, you know, so we can't see people's feet and people's feet's a good indicator as to how comfortable they're feeling in a given situation. If a person's feet suddenly change direction, then it means that they want away from the conversation and we miss out on on these kind of um, body language indicators. So we do. We no longer notice um, those kind of situations where, where people might want to escape. So we do. The question of agreement or disagreement has been replaced by long silences, which managers now commonly um, take to mean agreement. And you know what, that, that's maybe not always the case. When a manager asks the question, is everybody happy with that? And they're faced with that long silence. And you know what, in terms of uh, the law and and criminal law particularly, um, uh, silence is is admission acceptance of the situation so it is but that's not the case when when we're talking about uh, communicating across virtual platforms that long yeah. silence may well um be replacing effectiveness for efficiency or for the appearance of efficiency in that the fact that nobody has commented or made a suggestion or have expressed an opinion means that the issue is now dealt with and everybody understands the position that they're in. And staff can be left feeling that it's too much effort to have that conversation or to make that point, to raise concerns uh, for for fear of the, the concern might be deemed as insignificant. And once enough time has elapsed, the conversation quickly moves on. The concern is the, con- the concern goes uh, unstated. And with that, there's a potential for uh, risks to, uh, to go uncaptured and unobserved by managers. And I'm talking about psychological risks here. You know the fact that someone doesn't um, acknowledge a comment or the fact that someone doesn't agree or disagree with uh the situation or the 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 thoughts being um, expressed during the meeting may well be an indication that uh that person uh is 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 stressed by the by the content and managers miss the cues that might tell them that there that there actually is an issue there you know. In terms of health and safety and well-being interventions, people's needs then go unmet, and misunderstood, and basically, and people end up being left to their own devices, um, and that's not good. If you're looking, if you're talking about introverts, and if you're talking about people who are suffering from work-related stress, you know, no matter what the situation is there, um, if you're missing the cues, because work suddenly working in, in a uh, in a virtual um, arena, then, you know, that's leaving people vulnerable to psychological risk. So what can we do about it? Well, the article suggests that uh, managers uh, could take some some actions that might assist them. And while the article acknowledges that organizations have uh, seen an increase in productivity Managers should always try and regularly review and adjust teams' working arrangements, and sometimes that's not possible. But if they can, um, then reviewing and revising those arrangements to try and keep um, it psychologically safe for both the teams and the managers. Because at the end of the day, you know what, managers become vulnerable to stresses. So do as well. Managers can bear the brunt of the stresses experienced by their teams. Um, virtually, I mean, you know what uh, I I have on occasion um, through through uh, whatever whatever virtual experience or vir- virtual medium we're, we're using um, expressed opinions that I probably wouldn't express face to face, and on occasion I've. Had to become apologetic for making the comments that I've made, but I've I've made the comments through frustration, through a certain um, sense of stress, of certain element of anxiety, and fortunately, I have uh, a manager who understands the situation that that we face. So couple of strategies that managers might want to try and uh, consider you know maybe they'll work maybe they won't work i I don't know but the article kind of suggests that these strategies could be something that could uh, make meetings uh, more fruitful and uh, more psychologically safe for for all involved so a couple of check-in methods that the article suggests so questioning staff about how well they're doing in general you know whether that's uh, what's, whether that's going around the, the, the table, so to speak, in, in the meeting and asking individuals. And if the team is open enough to answer that or the individuals are open enough to answer that, then you may well get responses. Depending on how the team, how, how long the team has been together, um, how dynamic the team is, um, then that may well work. It, may, it might not. And you may need to introduce some other kind of strategies. The article suggests the use of the use of emojis as forms of expression, and that could be a good one, given the virtual um, platforms that that we have access to emojis can be used to uh, to uh, express feeling. So they can. Uh, And then, of course, managers have to be uh, very aware that if they see a negative emoji. And they need to they need to address that negative emoji in some way, whether that's in a one to one conversation with the uh, individual team member outside of the meeting. Mm-hmm. The use of colors is potentially a good one as well. Uh, we all know, and in, in, certainly in health and safety, uh, we can use a traffic light system where red is dangerous, um, orange is sort of moderately. If a uh, and green is acceptable or good, you know, so using some kind of color scheme to uh, to get people to express themselves. And again, it's just a matter of highlighting that color or saying that color. And then if the manager is uh, able to pick up on the negatives of, of the colors, then um, that can also be addressed offline and, and on a, in a one to one situation. Song titles. I'm not so sure about the whole song titles thing. Um, I'm sure uh, anybody who's up on their music may well be able to come up with song titles that uh, can express their uh, their emotions at any given point in time. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not that well versed in song titles, so I'm not to uh, to be able to even give you an example. I suppose you know. But again, if if that's something that that uh, the team thinks could be of use to them, then why not give it a try? At the end of the day, you can chop and change these um, check-in methods uh, to suit yourself. Obviously, the one big thing and probably the most important thing is uh, open discussion on well-being, on stress and on stressors. Getting people talking has always been sort of like the the, the go-to thing when it comes to uh, managing stress. Um, I think it was the old BT ad, it's good to talk. Um, And certainly from a psychological perspective, um, a problem shared is a problem halved, I suppose. So, and it it also helps to sort of reduce any uh, perceived stigma. Around uh, mental health issues and around um, health and well-being, that uh, that if team members feel comfortable talking about it, that that they get together uh, and have those conversations, might be something worth doing. And. Another another sort of uh, strategy that, that probably has fallen by the wayside in a lot of organisations who have went kind of virtual is um, just spending time uh, recognising um, uh, progress, recognising achievements and uh, celebrating successes, you know, and, and giving credit where credit is due. A lot of organisations they've had to step up to the mark and radically change the way they do things and individuals have probably played significant roles in those changes and coming forward with strategies or coming forward with adaptions to uh how things are done within organizations and we should celebrate that and we should make it known that that individual or that group that team did a, did a good job you know and um you know there, there's there's obviously positive psychological uh outcomes when people get recognized for the work that they've done and at the end of the day uh recognizing people recognizing um teams' efforts um is probably something that managers um aren't fairly good at in general but uh if a manager is is anyway empathetic. Uh, or has experienced some kind of uh, issue within teams that uh, that they, they've they've um, they've had to deal with, then that that strategy in itself could be one that they could use to take forward So basically that's what the article said guys and um, I don't know uh whether or not there's anything in that for. Uh, individuals to go away and think about or to take back to their organizations or even to maybe even just take back um, and talk to their teams about and maybe suggest to their manager if, if you're not a manager um, uh, you could you could have a, that conversation and see how well these things might work for you um, if this article has been thought-provoking has given you any ideas Uh, please drop me a like um, stick a comment in the uh, comment section and by all means do share this podcast with uh, with friends and with team members uh, and with your organization if that's if that's applicable Uh, i hope it's been informative i hope you've enjoyed it and um, as usual you can uh, catch me on uh, facebook linkedin and uh, the podcast is always uploaded onto Spotify, so you can search for the Stress Coach on Spotify and find me there. So thanks very much for listening. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. See so you, yeah, folks, and I will talk to you again next week. Thanks very much. Have a good one. Bye.